Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. to another episode of the NRL All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the Supercoach episode of the week. It's Supercoach TLT for round nine. Extra special guest making his 2022 debut. He was on last year, which was great, but the 2021 defending overall Supercoach champion, Tim Moody. Tim's a hard man to get on because he's on a lot of podcasts now, but Tim, I appreciate it, mate. Thanks for jumping on the NRL All-Stars podcast again for the 2022 season. My pleasure to be back, man. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me back on. No worries at all. And, mate, you've, I mean, you obviously started off on the Supercoach Experience podcast, so we need to give that a plug because that's that's your OG podcast that you're on when you won your title. But now you're appearing on either you're even on the Countdown show, which was fantastic to see, and you've appeared on a whole heap of other ones as well, and you're jumping on the Champions ones now with Wilfred and, and co. So a lot, of, a lot of podcasts for you. <laughs> you're getting pretty busy. Yeah, spreading my wings or spreading my legs. I don't know which one, but I'm definitely a bit of a body whore. Well, like, you can check out Tim pretty regularly on um, the Supercoach Experience podcast and, and the Champions one as well now is a regular gig for you as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I'm doing those ones. Another regular one I'm doing is a short little 20-minute segment called The Winning Mood via a page called Tripod. It's also available on YouTube. It's a short, sharp little thing, for mostly for people that are just sort of um, short on time or but mostly for people that are new to Supercoach, I guess. Yep, yep. And uh, Tripod's great as well. I've been on some Tripod podcasts myself for some betting, and uh, that's been fun. We did a four-way with uh, the Tripod boys plus uh, Jamie Soward plus Tristan from Top Sport, and that was a lot of fun looking at the NBA pre-season markets and stuff. So, yeah, Tripod's a great one too. If you like your betting and stuff, you can jump on there. But, Tim, you are obviously are the defending champion, which is phenomenal. But, you know, you've got this season now where you can basically say you've got another, you know, six months where you can say you're the defending Supercoach champion mm. and then that all goes by the wayside. So you're not going to have it anymore. So, yeah. uh, look, it's how's your season going? How, how are you going defending your championship? Because, obviously, keeping the crown and going back-to-back hasn't been done before. You reckon you're going to get there this year? Look, mm, I don't know, man. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I still believe in myself. I still believe I can do it. I think it's a really hard task and a, a much bigger challenge for me than last year, just because I've got a, a bigger hill to climb. Um, there's, you know, a lot of good super coaches I know that are well ahead of me, and um, I think I've got about six to seven hundred points to make up on first place, but. Uh, look, I'm pretty happy with the side at the moment. I've made some really bad decisions with my starting side. I think um, I went against my process of just I, I normally just sort of pick a side very close to the first TLT and not sort of get into all the chats and stuff um, too early pre-season because I find it sort of a bit redundant. But, um, yeah, because of obviously winning last year or sort of People were sort of interested in having a chat, you know, that chat. So I was willing to have that chat. But I, I think I really um, overthought it and I just made silly mistakes like having Reed Marnie over Harry Grant to start, just, just despite, you know, that Harry was only missing a week. And also doubling down with both Sam Walker and um, Luke Keary. I had a lot of faith in your uh, 
roosters and I, I think I started with about five maybe even six of them and I think I've only got one left oh now I've got Suwali as well which I've purchased so I've got two. I didn't have that much faith and I'm a roosters fan mate. yeah no I, I don't know what it is I think I just seen them last year just perform so well under the pump with mm. you know next man up in so many positions um, that I thought that with a full strength side I felt like that it'd be my metaphor for that was you know like when baseball players swing three bats to warm up and then they go out and swing the just one bat to hit the ball, and it feels very yep. light. I thought it'd feel like super light work for them this year, just having all the boys back on deck. But um, yeah, it seemed like they're just having too many stars around them. It's a bit clunky, and with you know, I've got a few conspiracy theories about. I don't know. Like I've read into what Robbo's been saying. He's been saying stuff like the, um, you know, they want to peak at the right time, and I'm thinking maybe they've been taking it a little easy because their first sort of. Uh, Nine games, I think, are very sort of uh, friendly and easy. But you'd think they'd want to just, you know, go into that being nine from nine. Yeah, it frustrates me a little bit as a reason. I think you're right with that. I've got this suspicion. um, I could be very wrong, but I think as of week um, 10 when they play para, they'll come out and play like 10 out of 10 footy. And the week after, 10 out of 10 footy. They'll just start hitting it, hitting it. And then just before Origin, then Origin will be a bit of a lull, and then I'll come back from Origin and keep going with it. I still, I still believe that they'll make the grand final. Wow! Well, yeah. I, I love hearing that from you because obviously defending SC champion, but I'm yeah, a, I'm a big guy, and, and I still think that they're clunky man, and they're like they're, obviously they lost. I've seen the game that they lost to the, the Dogs, and it surprised me that that could have happened. I didn't know in what world. And it only seemed to me, like, because I went away for a weekend and didn't get to watch the games live. And it always seems that whenever I've done that in the past, which is not very often, football's weird. It's like if I'm not watching it live, it goes and does weird things. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I need to be watching it for them to do the normal thing. Otherwise, I'm the um, the, the one um, atom in the world where the butterfly effect takes effect and I don't know. <laughs> I must obviously think this world um, revolves around me with that sort of mentality. Well, it will for the next six months, and then after that, you're you're just by the wayside. So <laughs> and all the under, other old champs, and no one cares about you. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it, mate. Well, I'm, that's why. I'm, look, I'll tell you what. Uh, oh, it'll it'll hurt having you know. I, I, as much, I'd be very happy for someone else to have this experience that I've had because it you know it's a wonderful thing to experience and. Um, and, you know, to win Supercoach, I'll be very happy for them. But, you know, I, I'm so competitive. I really want that to be myself again. So I'll be very jealous and um, also equally happy for them. Uh, it's funny that you say that. Because like, I will say that, and this is for the first-time listeners, if you haven't listened to the Supercoach episodes of the NRL All-Stars podcast before, the start of it, we always start off with a bit of a strategy chat where we talk about general strategy at the moment and for the season and different things, and then have a quick look at the scoring, and then we go into TLT. So this will all be part of the strategy chat that we're having now. But, Timmy, one of the things that, you know, 60,000 that you started off with with round one, but what I found is a lot of really good experienced coaches actually started on the back foot. So I don't think you're alone. Like, I reckon there's, a, a like, a large degree of experienced coaches that were chasing from the outset from the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I noticed that as well, which gave me a little bit of peace of mind thinking, well, you know, at least, you know, we're, most of us are in a similar sort of boat and maybe it's some sort of newer players that have just sort of got a bit lucky. But there seems to be some really good sides still, like right up the top from an early stage. I still thought some of the teams were quite impressive, even though they had like a few wonky things, like maybe not starting with two fullbacks. I think they still nailed so many other things. So, yeah, I was, we'll see how it goes. There's a long way, but 
Yeah, look, I think the few teams at the top look really, really juicy at the moment. So it seems pretty hard to, but I guess buys and a lot, a lot, a lot can happen. There's a lot of um, injuries to come, and people can make a lot of mistakes um, with their captains and stuff like that. So as long as you sort of be consistent and you're around the mix, it's easy to catch up. I think if as long as you're relatively consistent week after week. Yeah, it is. And things can change like a lot. Like I spoke on last week's podcast about how I had the worst week I've ever had, yeah. um, where it was just a terrible week and it was a week where everyone else went really well. It hurts and, so and, much too, doesn't it, when that happens? Uh, it just ru- it ruined my weekend. Like I spent five minutes giving myself a eulogy last week on this podcast to start off because it was just so bad. Yeah. And like um, this week, it's it's completely opposite. Like I hit the 1300s this week. Yeah, I know. that. Yeah, and the side that I actually think I played you in a head-to-head, actually, yeah, which is quite nice. <laughs> um, but like I, the side that got posted that ended up coming first, it was about a 1390-odd, and there were seriously only two differences to my side. Um, so, like, you look at stuff like that and you go, well, you know what? Like, I was I was feeling like I was, like, 150,000th in Supercoach last week. Mm-hmm. That's how bad I felt about my score and how I was going and the, split, the squad that I had. And then this week, you know, I'm on top of the world and I very easily could have been first. I wasn't that far off it. So, you know, you can you, your fortunes can change a lot in a week um, and your ranks can halve very quickly as well. I reckon you probably got up until the buy round where you're actually going to get really, really big moves. And then that buy round, you'll obviously get the moves and then it'll be a bit harder to move. But, I mean, when we're looking at this season, when we're talking about strategy, uh, what do you think... It, First of all, how do you think this season compares to last year? Like, is there anything in general that you've noticed super coach wise that you reckon is different and that you've adjusted to, or things that you're actually doing differently this year that you weren't last year? Um, one thing I noticed, obviously, starting off the scoring was much, much lower. Um, there was a point where I think, it, like, I was still like coming, I was looking at my score about two weeks ago when I was sort of ranked maybe about 5,000th or something like that. And my score after, say, six amount of weeks or seven amount of weeks was still beating the guy in first by a fair bit. So I thought, wow, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like from this year yep. to last year, I was only in 5,000. So, um, but there was a, that was a lot of wet footy. So I think we we're all sort of like, oh, what's the Supercoach has really changed? It seems like the big scores are still coming. I think... Um, I feel like like maybe those 1700s, like there was a few of those last year, might not come as much, maybe. But I feel like a good a good 1250 to, you know, 1500 seems like it's a pretty, should be a decent sort of score for this year. But the thing I have noticed is the centres, for me, I've been raving about it on the Champs podcast, is that they seem so much more relevant to me this year than last year. I was not interested in having, a, you know, really any centres in my centre wing position. I wanted either a winger or a fullback or some, or even maybe a second rower that it was had jewels or whatever. But um, the centres are just looking like the guys to have this year. Um, like there's so many names that are just killing it. Like obviously Talakai, who didn't go off too much last week, but you've got, you know, st- st- most of these guys have not been super uber, uber consistent, but mm. they are averaging very, very well compared to last year um, and maybe even more so than some of the wingers. So you've got like guys like, um, you know, Stags, you've got um, Targo. There's just even weird names like some weeks, Tomo- like the, I noticed like just random guys like Tomoko, even Penasini, um, you know, there's just heaps of names, Omax, um, Campbell Graham. 
this new fella Tass that scored well last week. It just seems like it's a decent position. And Wilf pointed out to me, he reckons that a bit of the scoring might have shifted this year where they're actually paying the the centres off for the try assists more so than the... I've the discussed this with Wilfred before too because I haven't been too happy with some of the scoring. Um, particularly yeah, I'm not late. one that gets it. I just accept the scores and go, okay, that's the score. Whatever they're doing, I just have to adjust to it. So if now the centres are good, I've got to get centres, you know what I mean? So mm. I, I don't really whinge too much about it. I, I, I don't even um, check the score. Usually until full, full-time, I'll try to not even look at half-time unless I'm sort of really, really, you know, scratch and have a look. But I try to just watch the footy and then have a look at the scores. Otherwise, I think it would play in your mind too much and you're just looking up and down and up and down too much. Well, no, knowing what's happening, you can sort of make decisions off. So, like, certainly, I haven't been happy with the scoring, but I've said on a couple of podcasts recently that, you know, I've always said, you know, if you think someone's getting unicorn points and instead of whinging about it, jump on the unicorns, you know, and, it, and, yeah, and yeah. vice versa. Like I mentioned um, last week, I actually have been doing some scoring of Teddy on my own and I reckon that Teddy's being underscored now and he's not getting the benefit of the doubt that he was before, whereas we see someone like Pappenhausen who went up from like 74 to 107 on the weekend and I reckon he's getting the massive benefit of the doubt. Um, Talakai the week before as well. And then you see some of the centre stuff too where you go, well, these centres weren't getting some of these tries before. But again, like you mentioned, if they, if they are and you see that, then it's not about whinging, but it's about yeah. understanding that's happening and then going, well, Maybe I should be getting more centres than what I normally would then. Um, it's like certainly like that's Captain something. Pappenhausen. Mm. And one of the other boys um, from the other potties said to me, um, no, oh, what do you reckon he scored? And I'm like, did you watch him? I'm like, yeah, I watched the game, but I haven't checked the score yet because he was my captain. I didn't want to, like, know it yet. Um, but I, <laughs> I said I felt like it was about an 80, but I don't really count, like, okay, try this, go, go for. I just sort of get that feel of, like, yeah, yeah but their contribution to the game as you watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, yeah, it's interesting that he went from that sort of 74 upwards. So, yeah, it did feel good. That feels a bit more than what he should have got for me. Yeah, I think it's a really good point that you make about centres. And it's a, it's a really good strategy point for people to take on board because it's different. Um, and what Tim said is really valid. We've got centres becoming more relevant than what they have been before um, because before you had wingers that had um, really good work rates still, but didn't have the tackles of the centres, but they were made up for that by getting more um, clutch attack stats, which is based more tries. But also mm. centres aren't necessarily getting more tries. If they're going to start getting tries, this, you know, an LBA TS, which is what it normally is because centres rarely put in kicks, is going to be an extra 20 points. And that's 20 points that they weren't having available to them before. They weren't getting much. No, no centres weren't getting much at all. Tim, when we're having a look at the round, uh, we had 10 guys that scored a ton. And one of the prevalent things that um, I normally review on this is how many of them are actually pods. And once again, we've got 60% of them that are pods. Six out of 10 were absolute pods. And I'm talking like extreme. So certainly when we're looking at the top score, Xavier Coates top scored with 116 points, um, 33% ownership. But then you got Olam, 5.4% ownership. Drinkwater, 2.8% ownership. Uh, felt 0.9% ownership. So three out of the four top scores that were all 113 to 116 in range are very close. We're all extreme pods. Uh, and that's something that's been happening over and over again. Outside of the, the 100 point scores on the weekend as well, um, we also probably had a bit less 80 pluses. We had 22 80 pluses the week before we hit 30 80 pluses. Um, so I think it was around where the score was a little bit down. And we also didn't have any of those Uber scores. So that's why I think we saw a, a 1390 odd 
as a top score as opposed to the week before where yeah. it was like 1,700 or something ridiculous. So certainly the scoring seems to be fluctuating. Um, but the last round, again, just hit the nail home that I think that you need to be looking at um, pods quite a bit. And some of it's going to be with the extra trades and stuff. And this is probably the strategy point for this week. Um, maybe we now need to start... Because I think that we're really at a point now, Tim, where to me, this is where things really separate in the rankings and stuff. Because we get to a point now where there's multiple decisions for everyone to make and you can't make them all. There's multiple cheapies. There's multiple guys to get in. And everybody's probably got a team that can do most trades. So this is when it all either really comes together for teams or really starts to fall apart. Because you've got to make decisions on, are you going to go for points? Are you going to go for downgrades? Uh, you don't necessarily really need either. So which one's going to pay off the most for your 17 and for the future. But the biggest thing is, you know, you know you're selling guys and having cash available where you can buy anyone. So it's kind of different to the early rounds because there's so many different options and you've got so much data now a couple of months in where you know who the good yeah. guys are. So you might have 10 great buys this week, but who are, you going to, who are you going to take? And that makes a really big difference. So I reckon now is really the make or break time where it starts, where people start making big mistakes. Um, but likewise, you know, it's time that you should be employing strategies and having a look at the data that we have. And one of those strategies, which I'm not ballsy enough to really go for, but, you know, you, you could do a lot worse than rotating in some extreme pods every week for a, a fortnight and just really targeting those because those are the type of guys that are just killing it. And, you know, we're going to talk about Justin Ollum a bit later, but he's a guy that's gone on a tear under the radar the last month and the last two weeks he's killed it. Um, you know, not a guy that you want for too long, but for a couple of weeks getting tons out of someone like that, I think that's how you really get on top of people. And the, all the stats say that we're having a lot of a lot of pods um, getting some higher scores, especially in the backs, um, but very much so not in the forwards either. I agree with you, but one thing I'll say is I reckon the, the mistake that people do make is seeing someone like Justin Ollum who may have scored, say, two tons in the last week and go, oh, and he's only 4% owned or whatever, I'll, I'll get him in. And they really hope to get those hundreds copied and pasted. Yeah, exactly. Weeks. The, real, the reality of it is if Justin Ollum was to score 400s in a row or 500 in a row, you know what I mean, like, that that that's ridiculous. That form's crazy. So that that normally doesn't happen. It's almost like the Talakai thing, where you look at Talakai and you're like, I've just got to get those hundreds, those hundreds and hundred and fifties. And then last week he was just shut down. You know what I mean? Mm. Stags called him out and said, you know, I'll give him a run for his money, and he shut him down. He got in his face and he, you know, held him up and let other people come in and slow him down. And it was from the first tackle too. Like he just held him up and Payne has just jammed him, and they just sort of like threw him back pretty and sort of let him know straight away. So I think some of those guys, you kind of got to go, yeah, they're killing it and it would be nice to have them, but who do I see that can do that that is, hasn't just done it? Because it's more likely to I reckon you always got to go with, all right, who's the next guy, not who's the guy, because otherwise you're paying for those scores or, you know what I mean, that they've already got or the chances of them. Oh, 100%. Like, you can't, you can't be chasing them because the reality yeah. is you're exactly right. Like, those type of guys aren't going to – generally aren't going to keep it up. Because people – the teams will do their homework. Like, they'll watch the, the tape from the week before and they'll be like, oh, I'm going nuts. Mm. You know what I mean? So they're going to be doing their homework on him. They'll probably have, like, a couple of hours on it and they'll have a way to shut that down because that's their thing. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I kind of feel like people have got to kind of look for the, the next pod. 
Maybe like yep. sometimes you can go off the form. Like it's important to go off form. And go, oh look, he's killing it. But maybe look like have a look and go, oh, who's passing the eye test? Who maybe if they had just caught that ball would have gone over for that try or had they gone left instead of winning right that time when they were open, you know, that sort of thing. And someone who's got good base, I think you've just got to try look at the matchups and things like that and try predict a little bit more rather than um, look back into the past. Oh, 100%. And that's what I mean. Like, I bring up Olam as an example. If you got on him a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah, not necessarily sure. now. But it is, it's, a real, it's a real risky proposition. I always say to people, too, with these type of strategies, you've got to have the right expectations, you know, yeah. you've got to know that you're going to get rid of that guy in a couple of weeks and you've got to know that you're not doing it with all your trades. So, I mean, if your team's set up and you've got all the main big guns and everything and you're like, you know, I don't really know who I can get and the last couple of weeks there's been teams in that boat, that's when you can start to sort of implement something like this because you've already got the guys that you need to make up the foundation of your team. This is just sort of a spot start and you've got to, be able to hit on them rather than chase, like you said, but also know that what what does it look like if it fails and also know, you know, you're going to be, probably be parachuting out of it in the next few weeks. So you need to know you can burn those trades. They're handy to have too. I, I, I was, one thing I find is I get very loyal to a lot of my players in my side and I don't like what Donna trades someone out just because they've had a bad week or even a couple of weeks, I think, or because they've had a bad couple of weeks, they're going to start doing good. I get that mentality like, that yeah, that sort of what I was saying before, that things won't keep being the same as they always have been. They'll, things change week after week. Um, in footy, it's a crazy game. Mm. Um, so yeah, I feel like for me, I just want to, I guess, target um, pods. But yeah, it's always about it's always about trying to find the guy that hasn't maybe gone off yet because. You get so disappointed when you're buying a guy that has scored 200s and then when he comes out the week after and he gets you at 20. But it makes more sense for him to get 20 because the guy normally averages at X amount and he needs to get those low scores for him to average at that X amount, you know what I mean, when he's been killing it. So that's the way. I'm not great with numbers, but that's just the way I think about numbers. Oh, that's 100% the probability. Like the more hundreds... For most players, we're not going to talk about guys like Turbo or gods like that, but for, for most players, the, every 100 that they score in a row, is they're closer to a low score, um, and that's how it's going to keep going, and they're going to get closer and closer to that the more big scores they have in a row, and you've got a probability. That's how it works. But let's go into TLT and, and chat about the games this week and the changes. South Broncos is the first one. Changes-wise, um, Tass has held his spot, which is massive. Milne's in the reserves. And aside from that, on the Broncos side of things, uh, the big super coach news is Payne Haas is out. So that's that's going to make a big dent in many super coach teams. So when we're having a look at the players of interest in this one, the first thing that we're going to look at is market watch. So the top 10 ins and outs currently that are occurring. When we're looking at outs, um, Lachlan Ilias is the second most traded out player. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Ilias, but... What I will say about him, Tim, and I'm interested in your take on it. You know, for me, I've looked at guys like Ilias and even Taff and sort of said, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed with how they've been going. But I look at South's draw over the next month and just say, look, oh, there isn't any guys that I need bad enough to be able to trade to trade them when that draw is so good. So Ilias by the numbers, only averaging 34 a game, um, scored 29 on the weekend, which was disappointing because he kind of had a better score of 46 a week before. And he's just not getting that involved. 
He's got a BE of mid-20s again. But at the moment, he's a slow burn. So you don't really need to get rid of him. Um, I get that people are looking at it going, I want to upgrade. But, geez, Broncos this week, Warriors, Raiders, Tigers, bye. You know, that's I've looked at Elias out too, and it's a month of footy where I went, you know, if there's other guys that I'm kind of considering training, I, I'll rather trade those guys. So I don't want to talk anyone out of trading out Elias, especially if you're doing it to getting a, a big gun. But I would just think about it a little bit when, when that draws there because uh, it's, it's unlikely for guys to go through a whole season and not get any great scoring stats in a game at one point, especially when they're in a spine. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. Um, you know, you'd make those trades on guys like Ilias or a Taff or something if you really want to fill that position with another player. There's someone that's just putting their hand up saying, I need to be in your super coach side. But we, otherwise, if, if you don't have that player that's screaming out for you, you know, Ilias and Taff can, you know, in, running into an easy draw, sometimes it's good to be patient with some cheapies and just, you know, let them do their time and they'll come good. Um, like I was really patient with Utakamano pretty much all year and he served me very well in the back end of the year. Um, but guys like Ilias particularly, like I watched his um, junior highlights pre-season just to get a bit of a vibe of what this guy was like. And basically nearly everything you see is just try- he's him scoring tries. Like, <laughs> I was like, this going to be great. I thought it was going to be two and try after try, but it seems like he's playing mm-hmm. a certain role, trying to fill an... Um, um, sort of like an Adam Reynolds sort of mould within still playing his own sort of style of footy as well. But uh, I think if, you know, if he had a bit more of a goal and ran a bit more, I could see him scoring. And then coming up in easier draws, maybe maybe he might start making a bit more money. But, yeah, I actually moved him on to Cody Walker last week. I was very um, wanting to just sort of hold my trades and that's where my mind was at all week. But then I found out probably little bit just prior to kickoff that it was his 150th game and that was one more pro in the pros and cons list for me so I said I've got to get him in. Yeah and that's a good move like there's going to be times where you've got to trade him I think the people that are getting him out so quickly at the moment they just need to make sure that they are having the trade earliest and they don't have other options to look at uh, and particularly this Broncos side this week when we talk about those changes Haas and Capewell both out is really big um, like Souths are starting to come together a bit more and the Broncos uh, look, had a really good win last week against the Sharks. Phenomenal win for the club, but it can't be understated how big Haas being out is and also Cape Ball not being there too. So Haas is the other guy to talk about. He's the fourth most traded out player. I actually took a calculated risk last week. Um, like I, I really didn't like the injury that he had. Um, those shoulder injuries with the AC joined him real bad. And it was like, oh, look, you know, he could keep playing um, and stuff. But yeah, I just sort of thought, no, nah, I, I need to make a big move and I need I to get was some fine. guys in. I think it's good. Yeah, well, it worked out for me. So obviously he scored 48 points, um, only, only played the 55 minutes. Um, and that was kind of what I was projecting was going to end up happening. You know, it was just going to be too much for him. And, yeah, it ended up being the case. But like, say you haven't traded him out. You know, there's a lot of people are trading out this week. He's got to be at 90. He's roughly 650K. And the AC joint injury, you know, it was talked about like he might have even tried to play again this week just with some pain. Now, that sort of says, well, maybe he's going to be back next week. You know, so the big decision this week, Tim, is should coaches be trading him out and just moving on or do you hold him? And if he's back next week, he's going to come good to me. I actually kind of think it's a smart move to trade him out because he's not going to play that round 13 by, which all of a sudden is only just, you know, around a month away. And also 
the injury is going to linger for a few weeks. It's just not going to be any good. And I just, I don't know how much the Broncos are going to want to push the pain factor on him to just keep playing through it. I think this is one of those ones where you've really got to trust your gut. And I like what you did last week. I think for me, when trading out like a gun, if they're not performing and you think that, you know, they probably will, then it's a bit different. I feel like you need to be patient with them. But when there's an injury, I feel like sometimes if you see it and you go, oh, I don't like the look of that. And I felt the same. You know, he was really wincing at it and really holding it. Came back okay after he got needled up. But is that something that they're going to want to do every week? And if he has one week off, how good is he when he comes back afterwards? And you make a good point, Origin's just looming around the corner as well. So... Sometimes I think if he can replace him with someone, then maybe it's just like, it's not like he's, you know, a gun fullback or a gun halfback that, you know what I mean? He's kind of replaceable. He's just very nice to have in your side because you mm-hmm. don't, I like having Huskies. You don't have to worry every week when he's healthy, he's getting you, you know, pretty much 70 with ease, you know what I mean? So I like having him, but. Yeah, look, part of me is even thinking maybe maybe I might jump off this week. I was looking at, I've got to get Fafita out, um, but maybe I might do both because there's a, another little bloke, um, I think he's a pretty good runner. His name's uh, Tommy Turbo, he's coming back. He's not as funny <laughs> but... Jeez, you're being brave man, to jump on here. We'll, we'll, we'll get to Tommy Turbo, don't worry. But uh, look, we're, well, we're putting the, the most traded players in out there for discussion. Uh, Isaiah Tuss is the, the most trained in guy. Uh, 84 points on the weekend, starting centre. He looks good. Yeah, he's, he's only 175k. He does look really good. And the big thing is that he's got, you know, the best break even equally with Coates at minus 69 points. And that is just tantalising. Um, so he's going to have his first price change and he's got the minus 69 and he's up against the Broncos. He's going to be up against Stags. I know like some people will say that it's going to be a tough task and it probably will be, but for scoring wise, you know, Stags and... Um, like, or not, you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. nearly every man and his dog will be scraping to get him um, and it'll be a perfect way for them to fund other things. Um well, you yeah, can't really like, fail with it, can you, at that price point? Like one seventy-five k minus sixty-nine. You might have a little bit of job security issues with, you know, uh, Paulo looming with Milne, you know, still there. But I think he keeps Milne out. He doesn't. He offers a lot more. I thought he looked like if the game that he played just that ten minutes and scored and came on. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought he looked way better than Milne. I was like, this looks promising. And then I was really close to just playing him last week and not getting Cody Walker because I didn't want to do. Like I feel like I've been using more trades than I should. Yep. Um, and I was going to just play Tass instead, and I thought, oh, if Cody goes mental, you know. And then when I found out 150, I was like, Mwah. so <laughs> yeah. Like, but Tass looks great. I'm a really like I really like what he he's got to offer. And as far as I'm big on centers this year, I think he's a on matchup. He's a play most weeks, and I wouldn't be too worried. I know he's against Katoni, and that's a tough matchup, but I think the draw. It's going to be easy because I think they're just going to punish the the Broncos without Hass there. I think he just lays too much of a foundation. It's just too hard to to replace that for eight minutes. Well, that's the other thing too. You mentioned draw. Um, yeah, look, break even a minus sixty nine on one guy could be worth a lot less than a minus sixty nine on Tass because you got to look at how that's going to play out and when the negative is going to drop out and stuff and how much he's going to maybe peak at. And with the month of football that Tass has in front of him, 
it's going to continue to be negative break evens probably. So it's it's a real. I'm going to say that the risk that you mentioned is is there, and it would be a lot harder normally with these type of things because I would normally say, look, I'm really worried because Milner's in the extended squad, so it is pretty risky and it could go bad. But I think the good thing is that Demetrio said last week that. Tass has played really well and he's earned his spot to keep starting there. And I think that's really important. Now, I'll, I'll make the point that Demetrio and any coaches can change their mind at any time, and they do. So in two weeks, he could be back on the bench again. But just having that job security for the immediate week or two, um, I think is enough. Um, and I think that, you know, allays kind of any fear that you might have of him going out. Um, Timarine Martin is another guy with a negative B in this game, minus 22, and he's the second most traded in player. I am a little bit different on him, Timmy. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, what's, what's your take on it? Because, I mean, for me, he's looked really good. Um, the, the eye test, I'm really happy for him. But 200K, you know, still not scoring really highly. Minus 22B isn't that good. You know, it's, I think he's one of those ones that's a classic bypass when there's better options this week. Yeah, he's an ex-Panthers player. I'm a, I've got a massive soft spot for any ex-Panthers players. I, um, you know... Love them all. So even when they leave, I still love them. Um, but yeah, I just don't think you can have him in in that. Uh, it's fullback five eight, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I mean, you're not going to put him at fullback. Yeah, it's another, I, it's another taff. You can't have and that. I didn't like the idea of taff because I didn't think you could have him in half or fullback. I just didn't mm. think he was worthy of those spots. So I thought it was too late in the season to be getting the cheapy. I thought we wanted to be getting guns in those spots by now. Um, so yeah, for the same reason, I couldn't, couldn't, uh, say get, uh, I think you'll fall behind by having him. I think um, people having two guns in five eights, two guns in half backs and two guns in fullback, they're, they're going to get ahead of you most weeks. Yeah. And look, he's going to make some money and he's going to go, okay, but it's, it, it's got to be worth it at this point. Um, and the reality is I just don't think it's going to be worth it. And there's much better options that are available. Um, and if you've already got some of these money makers in, like you went early on a TAS, and you know there's still some other ones that we're going to talk about as well that are going to cost more, but they're going to provide better value and probably make more money than if uh, Cody Walker you mentioned. He's actually coming in with a negative break even, um, and he's actually getting traded in, which is super annoying because he was like 2.8% owned before last round, and I've had him for a few weeks now, and I've been really happy after a rocky start. Um, the last two weeks, he's gone really well. So 99 points in the weekend versus Manly, 77 the week before versus the Tigers. Now got a three-round average of 73, which is, you know, much more the Cody Walker that we know and love. And he's got his season average up to 48. He's still only just over 500K. So he's really affordable. Um, the th- third most traded in player, but you know the great thing about that, Tim, is, and why I really love him as a purchase this week still, you know, people have been able to see for two weeks that he's played a lot better. And you're still going to purchase him and he's still going to be pretty close to pod territory. Um, and that's one of the great things about Cody Walker, right? I always love it because even when he becomes the flavor of the week and stuff and people start getting on, not not enough ever get on to make him, mm-hmm. you know, 20% own. You know, the most he ever seems to get to is that 10 to 15 range when he gets really popular. So it's going to be a really good purchase this week for people. People will be haunted by those scores that he had early in the season. They are very, very poor. Um, they look, I think, some really like 11s to 20s, you know. I can't yeah. bring it up right Oh, there was a lot of bad ones. <laughs> so some people are really haunted and they just don't want to go there. And I get that. Um, but Cody Walker's that guy you sort of just wait for each year. And when the draw gets good, you kind of got to get on him, I think. And um, for me, it was a matter of whether I was going to do it last week or this week. If I didn't do it last week, 
I would have done it this week. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's people that are sort of tossing up drink water or him at the moment. And I feel like that's one of those moments where it's one of those forks in the road that the ones that go Cody will do better. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. I, I Look, I've liked Cody for a few weeks, so I'm not going to ramble on any more about him because I don't want him to be 50% owned, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, me neither. So I'm trying to be helpful to your good listeners of the All-Stars, but I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, I hate giving away good... Good, good gems, Cody's here. Cody's good to well, go. I'm, I'm actually considering him as a vice captaincy in this game. Um, so that's that's where I'm at on it. Yeah. He's the type of guy that could go 150 plus yeah. if they really drill the Broncos. Um, but the Broncos are coming off a good win. So maybe it doesn't happen. But look, it's a real pod consideration because it's really easy to loop the first game. And he does have that upside and he's in better form. So what do you think about considering him for a VC? Yeah, I'll, look, I'll tell you what one thing I do. If I pay a lot of attention to... Um, Jacob, but tripod, what he said, what his opinions are, and his best bets of the week. Sometimes, if he's really red hot on a side, more than you know, I'll be like, all right, well then I'm, and I'm thinking about that VC, then I'll go with it. You know what I mean? And sometimes yep. if he's like, oh, this team, I don't really, you know, this week I'm not feeling him as much. I'll be like, oh wow, I was going to sort of captain that guy. Maybe I'll look elsewhere, or maybe I'll just VC or try find insurance somewhere elsewhere. Or yeah, so. I think I might have a listen to what he says. I hate Thursday night captains or vice captains. I usually always stay off them, but I've noticed there's been some pretty decent Thursday night VCs this year. Yeah, there has been. There's been a few. Um, Nico comes up with mine in the wet a month ago where he threw up that 128 order or something. Um, so there's a yeah. there's a few. I, I, I could see Cody doing something like that, you know. I could see Cody going a 128 or something. Um, it's just a matter of whether you think there's going to be big scores because I will reiterate that, you know, last week people were like – Haunted by the week before of massive scores going, well, you know, if I get like 120, I don't really want to loop it, um, or even 130. And then, you know, the best score out of anyone was 116 and it was Coates. So we didn't even have those massive ones. So definitely consider it. Last year, I remember a lot of time people fell for the Cody loophole last year. A lot of people were going for him on those 100, 120s, 130s. And I, I remember having him on the VC and still was like, it was a weird season last year. And I was getting a bit greedy though, but I'd be like, nah, Turbo will do more. Turbo's going to get to 200. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's one of those guys that you can get sucked into a, a vice-captain. I've always felt last year that those people that were vice-captain, they just needed to straight see him and it would have been a better move because then they're not copying the, the AEs and missing out on their other player that they're dropping out as well. So I feel like if you like Cody, I feel like you probably just want to balls-captain him because I feel like he's not a loop most times. When there's, especially this week, there's so many really good captain options. There is some good options. So, I mean, that's a brother problem with him as well. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to have the balls to captain him. Um, well, I'd have to go with VC, but there is some really good options. We're going to talk. If you think it's going to happen, if you think that hundred's there, and you're just like, oh, it's good for the hundred, just lock it in. You know what I mean? Like, if it's, I think. Oh. I know what you mean, but it's going to take some big kahunas because I think that uh, the two-week run has been good, but two's before that. So that's pretty big kahunas, you know, just because I thought it was there. <laughs> so, but it's been all right. Well, another guy another guy has been scoring well for him, which we'll finish on, is Keon Kalamatangi. And I mentioned him a, a lot the last couple of weeks because of the edges that he's been playing against. He's now got a... F- if you look at his last four rounds, he scored three out of those four rounds, but that's kind of what he does when he's in form and what you buy him for. And he's coming up against a Broncos edge, you know, that's going to be pretty weak. And I, I'm going to back him in again for another try. He's gone 71, 111, 50, and 98 the last month. 
and averaged 80 points over that span. So uh, a lot of people are, are selling a David Fafita. Um, there's a lot of guys that we're going to talk about, like Cameron Murray, who are actually really popular buyers this week. Um, so Cameron Murray is actually being bought in the top 10 at the moment. Uh, I, I understand why people are going to go for a Cameron Murray, but you could consider a Kalamatangi instead, I reckon, mm. because I reckon that he could be in for some tries. And still. also because of the origin factor, I guess, as well. Kalamatangi's maybe, I don't know, I don't think he might have, I don't know where, what nationality is. I think he's in a New South Wales, I think, my God, but he could be. Yeah, he does qualify for New South Wales, um, but he, I don't think he's going to get there. So, uh, yeah, so he, he shouldn't play Origin. I mean, Cam Murray's gone 73, 82 and 83 the last three rounds. He's got a three-man average of 79. He's basically been doing what Colin Matungi's been doing, but, uh, you know, 50, 60K more uh, and a much higher percentage. He's trying to make it look a bit easier and just does it, chops away at it, whereas Colin Matungi or those guys kind of on the edge kind of need that, you know, couple of bigger plays. But you expect them still to come because, you know, they're a lethal weapon that they're going to use at some point when the time's right in the game. Um, and they'll, you know, set, to, you know, for those plays. I'm a real sucker for the big um, the big Islander fellas and um, Maori boys um, on the edge. Like, I love, like, a kick out, um, you know, all those big fellas, like a Kalamatangi, um, Awakawatu, even Schuster, you know, just those big, big, big bodies. I think it's just because I'm a, such a small fella myself. I get such <laughs> into the big, like, oh, they big blokes. You've got to get them. So, yeah, I sort of stay away from the a lot of walks for side. Like, even though, like, Yo looks great and uh, Murray's always handy and they, they're great for consistency, I always go for those big boys just because they excite me with their, like, fence and their um, tackle bus and stuff. So hey, who do you like more out of um, the koala or um, or Cam Murray for this week for the for feeder owners? Yeah, and I'd probably have to say like a pedigree Murray, hey, but I'm a I like those other guys as I said, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the origin factor would lead me. I'd have to get the pros and cons out. If I was going to just yeah, if the origin wasn't a factor, I'd just say just get Cam Murray. So, but put that aside. Yeah, he's definitely the safer bet. Um, Colin Matangi, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he outscores in the next few weeks still. Though. They're both really good buyers, so they're really good options. Uh, top swap bet of the week for this one. Alex Johnston has been scoring like every week, and he's $1.68 to score any time. Like, just, it's money for jam, $1.68. But last week, the the big odds bet that I threw out there, Keon Colin Matangi was $4.20. And he's now three dollars twenty-five for this week, but he's just as good a chance this week to score against that Broncos edge. So I, I like those couple. Um, let's go Raiders and Dogs so we can get through this TLT because it's a big one. Raiders and Dogs doesn't have as much relevancy, Tim, so there won't be as much talk. Um, Jared Croker returns, but that's not going to be too much for Super Coach. Although Rapina is really interesting for draft prospects um, at fullback. And whitens out, and that's just going to be really bad for the Raiders as well on their strength too, especially when the Bulldogs coming off a good win against the Roosters. Um, Josh Jackson's back for the Dogs too, which helps them. Max King to the bench, and he's probably just about peaked as well now. Um, so a couple of relevant supercoach moves, but really um, not that much to talk about in this game. So let's just focus on a couple of players. Schneider, he is the sixth most traded-out player I have felt like he was a really good, promising player. And I've said many times on the podcast that I would play him. Um, I would try not to sell him. He hasn't really come through for me of late. Um, He did score 43 points on the weekend in a game that wasn't great. Um, 
And the week before, though, against Penrith, he only scored 30. But look, you could make the excuse that Penrith are a really top side and a lot of you know young halves are going to score badly. So 30 wasn't that bad. He's going to be in the 50s now. He's 390,000, so he's an easy cash out. He's playing the Bulldogs at GIO Stadium. You know, so this is one of those games where you would have said, oh, look, I'd really like to start Brad Schneider. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say at this point you've got to hold him, but like, what do you think about this? I think the, yeah, losing the kicker to losing the kicking to Croker this week who returns, um, I think would sway me to a sell, just because you know having those little extra um, goal kicks were quite handy for his scoring. But he's a great footy player. But I just reckon for me, it's that time of season where we probably want to start chocking up, getting two gun halves, two gun five eights, two gun fullbacks, I, and I wouldn't include him in that category you know what I mean just yet yeah I agree and it's a really good point with Croker I'm going to want to push him towards those records and stuff yeah that's that's a good enough reason to sell he's done really well I thought that he would have scored better maybe the last few weeks he hasn't you know it's a fine sell for him but a lot of people that are selling Haas uh, are not going to this next guy and that is Tavita Pangai Jr and I've got to tell you like my plan last week was to play Max King for one week and I used that Hass money to get into Cleary. Yeah. And then this week, I was going to have to get rid of Max King for a, a prop that I was happy enough to play um, week on week. And that was going to be Tavita Pangai Jr. So nobody's really chatted about Pangai very much. Um, he has had the odd bad score, but realistically, he's, he's basically an 80-minute edge now. And in that role, he, well, he's only worth 560000 and he's got a B's in the in the 40s, and he's a dual second row, front row forward, which gives you some flexibility later. And he's going to play around 13. So, I mean, he ticks that many boxes, and you're going to get 100K out of a Haas to TPJ trade to use elsewhere. So I really see the merit in doing that one. He's really on my radar, man. He's really on my radar, yeah, because I need to get a prop this week. I've got Haas out, and, um, and I'm not going to sell him, so I kind of need to do something... Um, I'm thinking because Fafita's gone for four weeks, I'll sell Fafita, um, move Momosia, who's in my bench props at the moment, mm. move him down to second row, and that'll allow me to purchase a um, a guy in props to cover for Hass for the week because um, I am quite thin there. So I do like that because I was looking at either IPAP, who seems a little bit pricey, um, but I do like IPAP if I had the preference. But, yeah, I was also looking at Tom Lolo, but I think, yeah, that, that looks like it could be a go for me. I'm, I'm really sort of going to have a closer look at um, well, One of the good things with TPJ. him is he's playing a, a nice month of footy, really. So he's got the Raiders, uh, which are pretty under strength, really. Whiting out of that side makes a big difference. Um, Newcastle, Tigers and Dragons. So he's playing He's playing against some forward packs that he could do well, well against. The Raiders are pretty good in the forwards, but, you know, he's, tends to step up against those type of packs too. I really like the next four weeks. But the big thing is, that, you know, look, I was having this chat with a few people today and you know, I understand, you know, the worry about TPJ and, you know, he could get suspended and all this. But the, the reality is you take Hass out of that front row forward spot and say you've already got Tamalolo. If you're looking for that next front row forward up, there really isn't many options, you know. Like really TPJ is right up there. And one of the he does have that upside in him too, which is something that's attractive. Yeah, he does. And you know, he's only scored one try for the year. He's averaging sixty for the year. But if you look at when he's playing, 
his edge role at the higher minutes. Um, he's averaged basically 75 minutes a game in the last five rounds playing on the edge. And he's averaged 64 points a game for that. And he hasn't needed to get attack to average at 64. And it includes a run of games that started with the Storm, the Panthers, Souths, Broncos, Roosters. So, you know, it's he's already had a really hard run and he's come out of it averaging 64 anyway. So I really like him as a buy this week against the Raiders. I'm going to be getting him in myself for a front row forward. Wow. Well, thanks for bringing him to my attention because he might have actually just gone, you know, not been someone I had my eye on and just sort of missed him altogether. Um, yeah, it's a, it seems like he's a, kind of at the right price. The buy, the, him having coverage for 13 really sells me. Like, I'm very low on buy numbers at this point. I thought I was doing okay. Mm-hmm. I thought having five was good at this point. But I've spoken to other people who are still already sitting on 10 and 11. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, I think that there is, like, I, I've, had a bit of a look around and some of the guys I chat to and a lot of them have sort of got that sort of nine to 10 kind of range. So um, I think this first buy, there's there's going to be a lot of players that are already in your team and you've got to make the call as well, whether you're going to sell them or hold them. But someone like TPJ is a great one to bring in to sort of have that number two. But I I reckon he could score 70 plus over the next month of footy as well. Yeah, I like it. And I don't have any doggies and I feel like he's the doggy to have if you're going to have one. I like him. So top sort bet of the week. We got the Bulldogs at a dollar ninety five and the Raiders at a dollar eighty six. Jeez, that's tough. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to go for the uh, for the Bulldogs here. I reckon the Bulldogs plus one points always a good safety at a dollar ninety. So just take the plus one. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go for the doggies in this one. Do you reckon the doggies can get a second win in a row? I'm going to go for it too, man. Like I didn't think they'd be able to beat um, the the Roosters. So. I just feel like I like I really like what I'm seeing from a lot of them. You know, like Ado Carr's playing great footy for just on the wing. Shops are like a boss. That that kid's intense. He's a really good centre. He goes on. He's going under the radar too. I, I'm not paying attention to his super coach scoring at all. To be fair, but he's playing really good footy. Yep, I, I agree. I reckon the dogs can get two in a row. Panthers versus Eels. We can talk about your boys now, mate. There's market watch is really interesting in this one. So the Panthers are basically as per program. The Eels' big change is that Dylan Brown's going to go back to six, which finally, you know, it should have happened. But when we're looking at the outs, you know, some really big names. Like Penasini, we won't talk about. He's the ninth most traded out player. He, that's fine. You should be getting rid of him. But May is at number three. Now, May has obviously had a phenomenal season. He's basically been a start every week player. And he's a guy who has been on a try scoring spree. And now... All of a sudden, we've got Brian Toto in um, Jersey 24. And all of a sudden, you know, there's talk that he's going to play. I always thought that Staines would come out. I don't care about what side players are on. You know, for me, May is already a much better player than Staines is and has much more potential and has just played so well. But, you know, I've seen a lot of Panthers fans say, no, they think that Staines will stay and and May will come out. So... Yeah, more Panthers fans. I think you think that too. I'm a Panthers fan myself. Uh, I mean, I don't. I just have the opinion that May's earned the spot, and as, although Staines has been better for us than he was last year, and sort of returning the ball, and he's beefed up, but that's fantastic. I'm really happy he's done that for him. He's playing better footy, but unfortunately, I think you've got to give it to the better guy. And I think May's really he's he's tough. He's a tough, and he he's getting the job done. I like him. I, I feel like they'd be going backwards by getting rid of him. Yeah. Or benching him. 
Another thing I've been thinking too is I, I, I've got a feeling he might be off contract. I'm, I don't really pay too much attention to all of that as well, but I've got a feeling if, if it, I, I know the Targo is, but I think he might be too. And I think if you bench him, I think other players might go, other teams could come sniffing pretty fast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard one. Look, I'm actually going to say, like, I don't think, if you don't have an answer as to who's going to drop out for Toto by the time the Panthers, you know, by the time you need to make your trades, and the Panthers play third, so you should be able to wait into the round most of the time. But if there's guys that you're going to trade to in, you know, that first game or two and you have to trade him, I would trade someone else. Um, even if he gets benched, you can trade him next week. But I just, I really don't think it's worth the risk of trading out a May who's yeah. going to play around 13, by the way, he's averaging 76 points a game. And the first game in his six games that he's played that he didn't score a try was last weekend. And he still, still scored 39. Like, I just don't, I just don't think that you should be trading him out unless you know 100% that he's gone for Toto. And if that happens, then trade him out. Like a winger for Penrith, if he can keep his spot, is so, so attractive. Like, I mean, even when you look at like guys like Meany and because I think Melbourne are pretty on par with Penrith at the moment, playing really great footy, um, you know they look pretty handy. If I had either one of those two guys, I wouldn't want to sell them either. But the thing about um, Taylor May is I feel like he doesn't have those low, real low scores that Coates can get when he doesn't score. So I'm happy to hold. You know, even yeah, I'm with you. I'd hold a week if you're in that situation, and even if he did lose his spot. He's maybe even only an injury, like one more little injury or niggle away or bad performance and he's back in the squad. Like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't sell him until it was like a two-week thing, I think. Yeah, and what I would suggest people should look at, you know, I made the comment on the podcast a few weeks ago with Billy that um, Taylor Mays, you know, now exceeded cash cow and become a possible keeper for the season. And we see it happen sometimes with cash cows, which I've spoken about before. He's averaging 76 for the year. He's got really good base at raw at 28, plus all his tackle breaks and stuff brings him to a mid-40s. And he scores so many tries for Penrith. So, like, if he's a keeper, look at him like one of your other keepers. Like, if one of your other keepers is, you know, maybe going to be out this week or maybe not, you don't know, but you know that, you know, are you going to trade them? You know, are you going to trade... a one of those other great keepers that you got, you know, treat him like that and make your decision because I don't think that you would. I reckon that a lot of people would kind of hold on and just see and if they don't know, just hold him and live with the game if he gets benched and play someone else and and then just play him or trade him next week, you know, and I think that's what people need to be doing with May. I think I could be a little bit more biased than most because I am a Panthers fan, you know what I mean? Like, and I do, when I do get Panthers super coach players that are well doing well, it's hard for me to let go of them. Um, but, yeah, I, I just can't, I can't see a reason to get rid of him. Like, even if Toto comes back, he drops his spot for one week, I, I feel like, it, yeah, I feel like it's, I could hold that 500. Yeah, I, and I don't think that's a bad move. Um, although I will say if we... I each week anyway. Like, I feel like I'm still struggling to... I wanted to play Task last week and didn't. Um, so I feel like there's, we've all got at least... You know, five. Yeah, you could definitely time. hold a week anyway, even if he gets dropped. Um, but I wouldn't talk anyone out of selling him if we know that he's dropped. Um, so I'd put it that way. You know, but yeah, I can see the appeal of you just waiting a week and seeing what happens as well. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll buy what you mean. Yeah, if you if you think it's done and he's done his time and his job's done, done. Thanks very much, Tyler and May. Thanks for coming. You know, get rid of him. But yeah, I I, I like what I see from him. I think he, 
he fits into the squad. Mitchell spot. Moses is the other guy that's being heavily sold. And I tell you what, he's got an eight against the Cowboys on the weekend. And this is a, the start of the the yearly capitulation for the Eels, it looks like, where the Cowboys did them to a 35 to two or whatever it was. Like it was 35 to four. They just, it was just a terrible game of footy from the Eels and, and Moses scored his eight. And I kind of couldn't believe the outrage because, you know, he said at the start of the season, oh, look, you know, he's going to get a low score at some point, you know, and it was great that he was getting the big ones, but low ones are always going to come. 130 BE, 670K plus coming up against the Panthers and the Roosters and Manly in the next three weeks with Turbo playing. You just absolutely is a must sell for me. You have to get rid of him now. He doesn't even play round 13. There's no reason to hold him any longer. So that's a definite sell for me this week. Yeah, I feel like I'd prefer to be having Cleary or Hines in there. Maybe even another bloke who went pretty bad last week in Sam Walker, but he's getting a tough draw too. There's probably probably better options than Sam Walker. Maybe um, uh, Melbourne guy, what's his name, Hughes? probably be the third best, I'd say. Yeah, well, you could even just downgrade him. Like, this might be one of the ones where if, if you've got the type of team balance where it just doesn't work for you um, to um, then maybe getting a, a TMM in for him via duels and moving it around, you know, that that would potentially work well too. You know, you can throw Ilias from your sixth spot to, to seven and and sell Moses and, and buy uh, Martin and that's going to free up. 450k for you to spend elsewhere you know that's probably the type of trade that would work as well but either way you've got to get rid of Moses now he needs to go um aside from that when we're looking at the um the other players for this one that have been popular Papa Lee is coming in as the ninth most traded in player I spoke about him a lot last week but Tim I'm, I'm interested in your view because you're shopping for a front row forward right and I am as well I do not have um, Papa Lee in my side I've really wanted him. I ranked him as like the third best trading last week behind sort of Cleary and Talakai. Uh, scored 123 round seven, um, but all of a sudden came back to earth with his, his uh, second worst score of the year. His worst score was round one of 58 points. His second worst score was round eight versus the Cowboys at 59. Um, it's still a solid score, but he's 780,000 with a B of 70 odd. Now he's coming up against Panthers, Roosters, Manly. Uh, he doesn't play the pie. So I'm actually now looking at him and saying, well, you know, I didn't get him the last couple of weeks um, for the scores that I thought he was going to be really good for. And now he's, you know, 70K more than what he was a couple of weeks ago. So maybe I'll wait for round 14 where he hits the Bulldogs and then he's going to cover that pie. So I'm not going to look at him right now. Are you the opposite? Are you looking at him now like a lot of other coaches and, and saying... Oh, uh, what? I must say I was looking at him. When you just mentioned his price, I thought he was in the 700s, but 780 is pretty pretty aggressive. Um, I think that I probably will look elsewhere. I usually like to, when I have to replace someone, like if I'm going to lose for feeder um, from my side and replace someone, I'll try to get the next best guy in the position. So because I'm going to be trading for feeder for a prop, I'd probably want to have the best guy in IPAT because long-term that makes sense. He'll do better for you. Yep. But I just can't get around that price at the moment when there's other guys that I'm looking to target as well. Like I've got, I want to probably get um, Turbo either this week or next week, depending on whether he, if he kills it this week, I'll definitely get him next week and maybe jump early this week. But I don't know. It's yeah. For me, I perhaps that's a bit out of the range. Maybe you'd, I'd hope I could get him a bit cheaper for the round 17 buy. He plays 17, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the other thing too yeah. is that next, after this game, like if he scores like a, a 59 again, that 123 yeah. is going to drop out and it's going to be 59, 59 and whatever he hits against the Roosters against a, a BE that might even be a hundred odd. 
So, yeah, that price is too much for me for I Pappy. I love him. He did great for me last year, and he's awesome. But that's just too much. Yeah, I really liked him the last couple of weeks as a buy, um, but I just think that the price has gone up a bit, and now the draws change and the eels. Other big thing as well, and people will say, like, I backflipped from a couple of weeks ago. I have a little bit because, you know what? It's happened in the last couple of weeks. The Eels all of a sudden look like absolute dog shit on the weekend, and that plays a massive part in deciding to pay more money for him and bring him in. I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolded. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the changes that they made should help them, but, yeah, it's still against the Panthers who really should win. Look, when we're looking at captaincy and vice-captaincy options in this one, Obviously, Nathan Cleary is going to come up. Now, you know, if we went back six weeks ago, Timmy, I think that um, people would have thought, yeah, you know, this is a bit of a tough one for Cleary. You know, the Eels are a top four type of team or whatever. But after the Cowboys absolutely belted them, um, you know, I think that people will be thinking, you know what, Cleary at home is still going to be a a VC or C option. So where do you stand on on giving him the VC or just going the full armband for the C? I hate to be on the fence, which I, you know, I can be a big fence setter, but um, my feeling is because Parrot did get you know sm- you know smashed by um, the Cowboys. I haven't seen the game yet. I'm going to watch it uh, probably tomorrow night. I'm not going to get a chance tonight. Um, you could probably but, bypass it. I'll just I'll give you some mental oh, I've health. Got to so. see it. I've got to wait for the game. I've still got two games from last round to catch up on. So, but I, I just feel like because they did get pumped, they've you know they're gonna they're gonna turn up this week. I think they'll turn up more more so because of the fact that they lost last week. I'll pay attention a lot to what Jacob's got to say from Tripod as well because I think he, sometimes he'll pick a certain side and say, yeah, they should bounce back. Or other times he might say, no, I don't think that they can. Like I think that that was, you know, and then facing this side. So get his opinion. So I really trust his um, gut vibes on those as well. But look, Cleary as a captain seems like a safe option regardless. You feel like you're going to get at least 80 out of him. And, yeah, well, I feel like Parra this year have been bleeding tries, but I still feel like they'll turn up. I still yeah. feel like they'll turn up. To, they're a good side. They could. And I, 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 do, I do see well where what you said happens, where they do bounce back. Um, but I think that if that happens, it clearly is still going to be a really solid C option. The problem will be it will kill the VC, right? So he scored 88 against the Titans last week in which was a much tighter affair where the Titans turned up and the Panthers weren't very good. So if it happens, you know, similar this week, you're still going to get an 88 out of your captain, which isn't too bad. The vice captaincy, maybe it's a bit wasted on Cleary if Parramatta do bounce back. So I think that's what people need to decide on. Um, top sport, better the week on this one. Let's just talk about top sport first. So top sport is a fantastic sponsor of the All-Stars podcast. They are 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. They have fantastic service, but often some of the best odds in the market as well, but not just on sport, also on betting. Uh, for racing or for other sports like the American sports NBA playoffs at the moment. I'm loving it. Uh, but you can also bet on player performance markets too, which is basically top sports own fantasy sports markets where it's a lot simpler. There's only half a dozen different stats that they look at and it's all there for you to have a look at. It's based on the actual NRL stats as well. And you can bet on over or unders on points scoring for players, which is a lot of fun and a lot of people have been getting into. So if you want to check that out on TopSport, go to topsport.com.au or download the app. But make sure if you start an account today that you do it with the All-Stars podcast promo code. And that is SC All-Stars, all one word. That way they'll know you're one of our listeners that's coming through and they'll take great care of you. But TopSport, get on them now. Tim, Manly versus Tigers. Now, when we're talking about changes, it's only one word, isn't it? Tommy right. Turbo. 
Yeah, do you jump on him the first week he comes back? Does he come back fully fit? Yeah, I feel like that he'd be in pretty good shape. I don't feel like he'd be coming back with a little bit underdone. But the only thing is, you know, like I guess that does he have that game fitness, all of that sort of stuff. And But look, it feels like it's not very risk. Like if you want to do it, I don't think there's much risks with it. I think the, I I think the thing is that he's got like, he's got 163 BE. So you're going to... You're going to pay pretty good overs on it um, to do it. Um, but then again... Yeah, we said that about Cleary too, and I remember the yeah. big... Uh, those that jumped on Cleary and got him for that big 150. I, I, I was one of the waiters. I waited till the week I after. I was like, yep. I thought, well, if he could, he's been knocking out those sub scores of 50s and whatever. If he, if he can get another one that's even just... I, I would have been happy with anything probably under 100, um, you know, and that would have been fine to pay a little bit less, but... When they do it, you get really upset you didn't just jump on them. So I've got a little bit of a feeling about that. This one could be a bit like that Cleary from a couple of weeks ago, but I still haven't really processed it and worked it out. I'm only now sort of looking at it because other people I know are looking at it and I get very jealous about other people doing things. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got to pay, make sure that, you know, that it's the right thing for my side this week if I do do it. But um, There's a big pros and cons list for you, Tim. There's, there's oh, so man, many pros and so many cons in this one. It's uh, pretty ridiculous. Like, it's like the super coach gods got together and we're just so evil about it all because, you know, yeah. it's like massive BE, 163. He's only averaged 64 points a game for his first month. Coming back from injury could be lame, going to cost almost a million dollars. But he's coming back against the Tigers who he's playing at home at Manly and also the Tigers, despite their recent wins, didn't look very good at all versus Dragons last week. So it's like he could very well go 150 plus. So it's uh, really hard. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's risky. I think Supercoach is one of those things that it's like, I felt last year I was prepared to make risks. And this year I feel like I'm like a really old man that's really conservative. <laughs> I don't. It's really weird, like the way I've sort. I've been really hold backy on a lot of different things, but so I don't know. I'm the, where I'm at at the moment. I changed my mind probably six times on um, the Supercoach Experience podcast that we recorded earlier today. Um, but I think at this point, I'm probably thinking I probably want to get him. Hey? I'm going to go on the opposite. I'm going to say I'm not going to buy him. Um, he's got the Tigers and Broncos the next two weeks, which is great. Um, but then he's going to have Origin. Okay, so. Mm. Tigers Broncos, you're gonna you're probably gonna love it for, but you know what if he comes back a little bit slow against the Tigers, then he's got the Broncos where he's gonna be a lot cheaper and it might be great then. But then he hits para, which we don't know what para is gonna turn up. But then you can basically say like he's got he's got three games and then he's gone right because he's gonna have Melbourne in round twelve, which we all know is a really bad game, and then he he's he's not gonna play that by round because he's gonna be in Origin camp. So I just think that if he came back a couple of weeks ago, um, it would be much more of a Easier proposition, but it's still going to be pretty ballsy, Tim, because big BE, really, big money. He sort of puts me back onto the fence, man. <laughs> it's very hard for me to get off the fence and go onto one side, but you make a great point. Uh, yeah, if you, especially if he doesn't kill it when he's he just come back, if he doesn't kill it and he does just get only, you know, sort of 50, uh, like a 53 or 64, you don't need to have done that. And the guy that you're probably selling him for, like the, oh, I'm thinking of selling, is Teddy. And I think Teddy's going to have a good game this week against the Titans. So that's why I was jumping back and forth on the last podcast. And I, yeah, I, oh, but my argument was I think that Teddy's 
draw gets really tough as of week 10, so you're only kind of going a week early on selling Teddy, potentially, this week if you are to do it? Yeah, it, that's true. So, I mean, it really depends on, on who you sell, how they're going to go in the next fortnight too. Because, like, I don't think... Yeah, a lot of people don't have Teddy, I guess, as well, and they've probably got some other dud. Um, it's a lot of money to round up, right? Like, I mean... You'd have to be selling a, a Talakai or something to, to fund it as well if you own Talakai for a while and kind of think that you've spent... I mean, a tail in May, you can go on him and, and get rid of him, but you're going to get rid of a second gun just to be able to downgrade to a TAS and get Turbo in. You know, it's it's going to be it's going to be really hard to get him in at that money as well. So I think he's a pass and you're going to wait and see. Um, but look, the guy that is definitely not a pass is uh, Topolotto, who a lot of people are jumping on. He's got a minus 44 BE and like we were all jumping on Cola, but um, it ended up being the other, the other winger that ended up going better. And um, he's got that BE after going 84 points against South on the weekend, scored a try, scored a try the week before for 55. And all of a sudden those 27 point games back to back in round five and six through distant memory, this minus 44 BE. But, you know, I made the comment on a couple of chats today, um, Tim, where I sort of said, I'm not going to get him. You know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a no brainer this week for everyone has to jump on because he's over 290,000. Um, and, you know, he's got a good BE, but at the same time, you know, there's other guys like Tass this week that at a minus 69 BE is much better and he's a hundred K less as well. And I think that price point is what really separates him from say getting a Tass in. Like if you've already got Tass though, you know, do you pay 290K to get a top of lotto in? I'm gonna, I don't have Tui Piloto. I do have Tass. I'm probably just going to pass on him. He does look good. Like, I watched that game um, that he played um, over the weekend and it was, you know, looked good more so than the other games, I think, as well. His, his job seems like it, his security seems like it's probably okay, I think, too. Um, but, yeah, sometimes I feel like with some of those cheapies, you might have just missed the boat a little bit. Yeah, he's still making a bit of money, but when you can still make money off another guy, you can't fit all of the cheapies in. So I'd probably just say, oh, we've missed that one. Never mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in that boat as well. But then again, Turbo might go into Turboville um, and just put him over for like five tries or something. <laughs> he could be like a sub one. Well, one of the things that he does have is he does play around 13 if he's there, and he probably will be. So, I mean, that's something he does have over Tass, but I just think Tass is a much better player already. And he's also going to make more money. So the extra points that Tass will score between now and having round 13 off will already make up for the round 13 points that he doesn't score by not being there and Tui Pilotto being there. So um, I, I think that it has to be Tass that you're getting in instead and even some other guys that you could get into. Um, so I'm going to let him pass too. But uh, there's another Travojevic that's starting at centre. Ben Travojevic finally has a gig. Mm. Um, now, he's averaged a paltry four points <laughs> so far this year. Uh, not high scoring Travojevic brother, that's for sure. But he's now going to be coming in at 188,000 as a dual center wing second rower that's starting in the centers. Um, the good thing is he's got a 40s BE, so we can afford to rate weight right. But he's on the wait list for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and watch him wait. and see how he goes because Brad Parker could be. It looks like he's signed on for at least a month. So so Burbo could end up on the radar in the next couple of weeks. But we're gonna just watch him this week. Yeah, for me too. Yeah, I'll, just because there has been a bit of that. I feel like he is on the back end of the job security as well. There's like, you know, when one or two's back, yeah, he's, yeah, I, I definitely need to see it. Ola Kawatu, um back again after his suspension. And what a game to return for versus the Tigers. Uh, before that, he was on a spree of scoring for a month where he went 
59 with tries. Um, it's 620,000 to get him in, but he's only got to be a 30-odd. So, I mean, coming up against, again, that Tigers edge followed by the Broncos edge, uh, playing around 13, he's another guy where you kind of wish he was a front row forward like TPJ because he'd be right in the consideration. But, yeah, he's still only around 5% ownership, Tim, um, and people aren't getting him in because they've got other priorities. If you don't have other priorities, I still really like him as a as a grab this week versus Tigers and Broncos the next fortnight, both games at home. 68 a game. Is he in your side at the moment or have you been considering buying him? So, no, I don't have um, Ola Kawada in my team. I do really like him, uh, especially with the side he's in. I feel like if they, when, they, when they're peaking, you kind of want to get on those. But then a little bit of me kind of likes the look of Schuster too, so I wouldn't want both. I kind of think maybe I might want to get Schuster in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a fair call as well. And it is a really good point that not many people think about is that you don't want to all of a sudden end up with too many. Um, and that's that's a big deal as well. So um, the only other pod that I'll mention too is, um, you know, a couple of people that chat to me um, and listen to the podcast as well jumped on Ruben Garrick. Now, I thought that Ruben Garrick was too much to pay for. Um, but now that Turbo is back and he's playing the Tigers, we can start to reevaluate. Now, he's still too much for me to pay for at 626K at 74BE. But um, he's on the radar. You know, he's got a three-round average of 69, a five-round average of 64. Turbo's back. So just the next two weeks, like as a massive pod play, like if you had some extra money, this is one of those ones where I mentioned, you know, you're looking at a two-week big play. Tigers and Broncos at home for merely next two weeks, turbo back. If you can't get a turbo, um, 340K less Ruben Garrick at no percent ownership just about. I think I could get around that trade. I know it sounds a little bit awkward, like that 680 price. Um but when people are looking to strengthen up their CT dubs, they're like um, looking at players like Lomax and Graham and stuff like that. I think if you just pay that little extra 100K or 150K more, you're probably going to get what you pay for out of Garrick with the, with the goal kicking and, you know, from what, what he was able to do last year, you know, alongside Tommy Turbo, I think it's probably a pretty good thing to do. I just, I've got so many other priorities. It's a couple of weeks away from being on my priority list. Yeah, and the problem will be we'll then hit the eels and Storm before um, before he actually hits that buy, mm-hmm. and you're going to probably want to bench him against the Storm maybe. So that's, that's going to be the hard thing, but he's going to actually peak in price. If he goes well the next fortnight, he's going to actually peak in price for just after that buy, and he's going to play around 13 for you. So it, it's an interesting one. Um, for the top sport bet of the week on this one, going to go for value. Hamaloli Alakwatu, $2.97 to score a try. Going to go for that one. Roosters Titans, mate. Um, for feed as the most traded out player, you have to trade him, so that's a given. Walker's the 10th most traded out. Um, I understand that, but, you know, without going into it too much, just quickly, did you – you said that you had Walker in your side. Did you already get rid of him or you still got him in your holding at the moment? I started with him and got rid of him pretty early for Hines. Um, yeah, I – I like Sam Walker, but the, the Roosters were just not doing it for the eye test, and I sort of just tried to hustle them all out in a rush, except for Teddy. Yeah, that's a fair call. Look, I understand the Walker uh, owner selling. There isn't actually a lot of action on the ins and outs for this game, um, but Suali does have a minus six BE still, um, and he's kind of in that awkward spot as well, where uh, kind of like Tui Pilotu, where he's already made some cash now, and he's at two hundred ninety thousand. I'd prefer um, but, Wally over Tui Porto, just on pedigree. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because he does play round 13 as well. So he's got that same buy cover. Um, but we do have Nagama and Billy Smith in the extended squad too. So it's a bit hard to tell what's going to happen um, with Trent Robinson's side. Well, you'd you- keep Nagama out, I reckon. And, and probably Billy Smith is gone missing, hasn't he? I don't know what's going on with that play. Is any word Yeah, on apparently he's now recovered from his foot injury. So if you've held Billy Smith, I, I think he might be a chance to go in for Momorowski actually. Um, so... Maybe that'll happen, but so Ali's still a decent look. I think if they've got that back line with um, him in the centres, taking Lomarovsky's spot. Yeah, I think it will be too. It's going to be a big watch to see what they do. So Ali's still going to be an option at minus seven BE, um, particularly because of that cover. But uh, look, other guys of interest in this one as a complete pod. Um, Angus, people still aren't getting around big Angus. And he had a real um, quiet return to form last week where he scored 80 points. Uh, and he did that with his um, first. He did that with his first line break assist. Um, but he also did it with base of sixty. It was much more the Angus that we know and love. He's still only five hundred fifteen thousand, but I thought he looked a lot better coming up against the Gold Coast Titans edge. I'm expecting him to go seventy plus again this week. Now, obviously, with a BE in the forties, you can afford to wait, Tim. But Angus is someone that very few people have been chatting about. Mm, I've heard a few people sort of murmuring his name. Um, I think as a Fifi replacement. And I don't mind it. Um, I'm still, oh, I don't know. I just, I've never been the biggest Angus fan of my, as much as everyone else. I just get scared of not having him when people do have him. So, but I just haven't like. He's getting better week after week. I, I just, I don't love it. I don't. I feel like there's other things that I'd probably go, but especially because their draws getting a bit tougher too. Yeah, that's fair as well. Um, a couple of things to highlight for Angus. Um, if he does keep going how he is, um, you know, he's not guaranteed to make Origins, so he's a chance to play round 13. But he got two offloads and two tackle breaks on the weekend, and particularly the offloads are really important because he hasn't been doing it at all. So, you know, you could wait and see, but this is going to be a premium game for him against the Titans. So, you know, I think that he is a good, you know, pod buy if you're looking at a second row because you're going to make 200K out of a feeder to Angus trade. But... When we're looking at captaincies and, and vice captaincies, you're looking at maybe not being a Teddy owner anymore, Tim. Now, Teddy versus the Titans, he has ran rampant against them before. Uh, he still played really well on the weekend. He ended up at a 94. I reckon he got darted because he got down downdated from 101, where I, I thought he was going to get updated. But he still ended up going a lot better. You know, 94 points on the weekend. Um, he's now got 94, 76, 57 in his last three games. And playing the Titans, who I think look abysmal, the next three games for the Roosters are actually at home. Uh, I really like him this week, um, but, you know, is he good enough to put a captaincy on? Like, could you go a VC Cleary and a C, Teddy? You know, is that something that you could get around? I think you could um, put a C on him. Um, as long as he's getting around 100, then you, you're not falling behind at all unless someone's getting that bloody 200 score. But, you know, I think he's a, he's a really... I think that I can't really get around telling... Every time I think about... Teddy going up against the Titans and, you know, no David Fafita in that side as well, which just, well, I know he doesn't make all the tackles or anything like that, but just seems like a weaker side. Um, seems like a, it seems like a too hard to sell. Like, like if I sold Teddy for who scores 100 and Turbo scored, you know, 120, I'd, I'd hate the trade still, you know what I mean? So Yeah, it, it is It is tough to keep the faith with Teddy. It is actually going to be, I said it's I at like, home, but it's actually at Mackay as well. I think, I think I'm, I'm more back on the side of the fence of keeping Teddy and going Turbo next week if he performs. 
it feels feels safer and better. Well, I reckon that he could um, run the gauntlet of going to see Teddy. He scored 155 versus the Titans in the past. That's his top score. Um, He's been great. I just think the rest of your boys over at the Roosters. Oh, they're not doing him any favours. It's true. Yeah. Uh, minus nine and a half line on top sport. Um, I'm going to go for a Roosters bounce back. Surprise, surprise. But Cowboys, Knights. Um, Mark will watch out. Randall's going out. Um, he needs to. Um, Drinkwater, though, we mentioned earlier, he's the fourth most trading player with a BE in minus 20. And it's a real interesting story with Drinkwater. So we need to kind of look at him a little bit. Um, and he's probably the focus for this game. So with Drinkwater, he's got Hamasai Fido on the bench in the last couple of weeks. He's managed to still keep his number one jersey. He scored 113, 102 the last two weeks. Um, mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. He's now got a month of footy since he started at one to look at. And in that month of footy, he's got 94, 43, 102, and 113. You know, that is ridiculous scoring of around an average of, you know, 85 to 90 points a game. He's coming up against the Knights and the Tigers the next two weeks. The Knights in particular have been awful the last two weeks, conceding 80-plus points and putting up four points on the scoreboard. So with the way the Cowboys are playing, you would expect them to actually brain them. And he's under 600,000 with a minus 20 BE. So certainly I think people are thinking, you know, this could be a quick flip. You could put him at 5.8. You know, you could trade out one of your halves. Certainly a, um, a Moses via Jules to a drink water works out quite well. Um, he's also fullback to Jules though. So I, I could get around a drink water trade as long as your expectations are that you might be trading him out in two weeks. He's going to hit Penrith uh, in the storm in back-to-back weeks around 11 and 12. Um, that's, that's rough. Yeah, so I mean, where are you like on it? Like, he's got two really good matchups and then two really bad ones, but then you're not going to really trade him, trade him out for the round 13 buy either. Yeah, I think there's too many negatives for me and too many on those cons list. Um, and it just outweighs. I, I think he's really handy. I love the idea of drink water. You know, he was coming from that Melbourne team and he was almost going to be the next fullback for them at one point. Um, I just feel like that he's not. There's, other, there's better options you can go, and I feel like that better option is Cody Walker. Yeah, I, I'm, I much prefer Walker too, and you're going to get him at 100K or cheaper almost, so I do. But uh, next two weeks, if, you, if you've got the big balls and you want to go for it, you know, he could come out really well. Um, Ruben Cotter, he played 80 minutes on the weekend, and all of a sudden heaps of people are trading him in as well. Now, his base was 75, just on raw base. So... It was a massive performance. He scored 75 points with his 75 raw base, by the way. So when I said before he's meat and potatoes, he's very much meat and potatoes. But it's played 80 minutes. So a lot of people are going, wow, 480,000, you know, 40-odd BE, you know, top 10 most traded in at the moment. He's a hooker that you can grab for um, not much of an upgrade from a Randall. So I get why that trade probably works and he gives you around 13 cover. I just be aware of the 80 minutes because um, Granville's no longer on the bench. Um, Hammersyth, Fido got 17 minutes on the weekend. I don't know how long that they're going to persist with carrying the hammer on the bench. Um, and when that doesn't happen or some things don't fall his way, he's not going to play big minutes. That's his first 80 minute game of the, of the year. So look, I don't mind it going Randall to him. If you want him to buy cover, Tim. Um, but, you know, again, I, I wouldn't surprise you if he goes back to being a 50, 50 type of scorer, not that yeah. great. I don't like the trade myself. He's a better option than my second um, hooker. I've got a bit of a dud there myself, but uh, super coach wise, got um, Sonny Luke just because I was trying to fund Cody yep. last week. But probably going to be a bit of a trap for me. But yeah, Cotter's someone that's good enough to be able to 
play when your main guy is no good. You can probably have him as um, a reserve um, some weeks as well. Does play the buys. I just don't think he's exciting enough for, you know, trying to win super coach. So that's why I kind of like go, yeah, I don't want him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I think that the big thing with him is just that, you know, 480000 in a week where you could spend that money on so many different options. You know, I just think that there's so yeah, many options this week. If it was a week where there wasn't any and you need to get rid of Randall, you know, it kind of works. I'm just going to hold Randall because I've got no one to trade him to and there's better options. So I think... I would have just held Randall for the year, I thought. I said that last week on a podcast and then I ended up trading him out for um, Stanley Luke so I could get Cody Walker. But I just thought until there was a better option, like I'd, I'm not in love with having two guns um, in hooker, so I don't, I don't think I will probably ever get to even, mm. you know, two guns. I think I'll probably just run the one guy all year. So Storm vs Dragons is the next one. The Storm are absolutely on fire at the moment. They are putting up cricket scores on everyone. And I don't think that the Dragons are going to be any exception. But Coates is being trained in quite heavily. Um, now, <laughs> Coates is someone who has been very volatile. I wasn't big on him at the start of the year at all. I felt very vindicated um, for the first six weeks of the year. And in the last two weeks, he's gone 123 and 116, scoring four and three tries. And then you just sort of go, wow, you know, <laughs> what, what do you do here? Um, look, I think that you need to change your tune and go, you know what? You need to look at it as an opportunity. He's got a minus 69 B and he's 520,000. He's a different way to make money the next fortnight than getting in a um, Tui Pilotu, for instance. You know, I'd much rather triple that negative BE, get a coat in. Yes, you have to spend for it, but you probably can find that money and just train him out in a few weeks' time. You know, he's got the Dragons this week, which I, I, I dare say he could turn up for again. Um, Penrith the next week, which you might want to bench him for. Uh, okay game against the Cowboys and then Manly, and then you're going to trade him out. But you're going to make that money in the next few weeks, Tim. So I, I do see why he's an option. Um, you just have to be aware that he's going to have the lower scores in him and you're going to be trading him out again. He looked really boss on the weekend too. I uh, really liked the way he went about his things. Um, I wasn't really a big fan of him all year. Just thought that there was too much risk with the low scores, but oh, still more than good. And it just seems like he can get an easy um, two tries more often than he, than not. So, yeah, sometimes with those winners, you've you got to take... You know, trust your gut and go, do I think this guy's going to keep doing it or not? Like it's one of those AJs from last year, Garricks. If they can keep scoring tries, you kind of need to get on them. But mm, just be prepared as one of those guys, if he doesn't score, he does have that, you know, 20 um, less, 20 sub scoring him. Yep, 100%. So if you want to get him this week, it's a good it's a good trade. Just um, know that you'll probably be trading him out soon, but you'll get money out of it. So it's a bit of yeah, a like no it. downside. Um, Olam we mentioned earlier. Now, Olam has gone really under the radar. Olam's got a BE of around 20, so not a negative BE, but 600,000 as well. He's going to be expensive. But, Tim, he has got a five-round average of 75, a three-round average of 87, and he's playing the Dragons this week. I know you don't want to chase. Yeah. Um, hardly owned by anyone. 115, 63, 84, and 70. Yeah, I do love centres, and he's a boss. I like he's a big boy too. Um, not as big as some of the other bigger bodies, but he's thick and he's hard. Uh, of... He's got some great hits. Uh, I mean, would you would you even like look at trying to rent him for a couple of weeks just with his you know good base and stuff, and just hoping you can get another ton this week? I think he's team dependent. You know what I mean? He's not on my immediate target list because there's other things to do. But I reckon there'd be 
some teams that might be looking for a, a new a new option to upgrade into the centres, and I think he might be a good option for some sides. Well, I'd say a few weeks ago he was only four hundred seventy k. I think that was the time. Like if you were if you were ballsy enough to go, you know, you scored seventy against the Raiders. I'm going to get on for this run. Um, that was the time. I, I think the price point now has made him too much, but needed to highlight him because we haven't spoken about him. Look, Pap is the obvious captain choice in this one. He's just got 107 points out of nothing. He's getting all the unicorns. Um, I'm, I'd am i be very worried not to own Pap this week with how he's been going. Surely he's an easy C um, against this dragon side for the week, and he's got to be one of the top ones. Yeah, he probably feels like the scariest captain not to be on this weekend, I think, of all of them. A lot of them look very, very juicy, but he kind of, with everything going on, with the Storm being just as hectic as they are, um, the Dragons look really sort of like they're not so, not so great. And with kicking and the mullet, that ticks enough boxes, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, he's arguably the best seed this week as well. Uh, let's move on to the let's move on to the top spot bit of the week and then hit the last game. So. Top sport bit of the week on this one. I tell you what, what do you reckon? Top sport's got uh, Coates to score a try at any time because he's been scoring them like nobody what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Well, the good people at top sport, he'll probably be short, but they'll usually give you a decent price. I reckon a dollar forty would be good for Coates this week. If you think that's good, mate, you better get on top sport now. Dollar fifty-seven at top sport for one try at any point versus Dragon. Dollar yeah. fifty-seven. Well, I'm surprised it's above double fifty. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's a really good price. Um, Sharks vs Warriors is the last one. Look, Aiken got a hundred plus last week. I'm just going to throw this out there without going through any numbers. He got a hundred plus last week. He's absolutely been killing it the last couple of weeks, and people are talking about trading him out. Still, do not trade him out. He plays round thirteen. He's going to make more money. He's going well, but the big focus in this one is going to be uh, Talakai. Um, I really think that Talakai is going to have a real bounce back here. But I think that the real benefit of owning Talakai this week, Tim, is that a lot of people um, that didn't get on last week are going to go, well, you know, he doesn't have a negative BE anymore. I'm not going to get on because he's too much money. Um, If you're chasing, and this is one of the ones where you need to separate if you're a head-to-head or an overall player. If you're chasing and you're a head-to-head player and you need a different captaincy option for head-to-head wins, specific matchups, changing it to a Sharks guy in the last game instead of maybe your Hines, changing to Talakai um, could be a, a big ballsy one to try and catch your head-to-head. Mm, I don't mind it, actually. That does sound good. It's not for me. It is very ballsy. Uh, I do see him having a big bounce back week, though, as well. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no captain's add to the Well, list, I mean, Hines is obviously the big one. And, you know, you said that it's pretty scary not having um, Pappenhausen this week as your captain. I actually think it's pretty scary as well. I'll put Pap up there with the best, but, you know, Hines has gone 68 last week versus the Broncos. We thought he was going to go bigger, but he hasn't scored a ton for a few weeks now after rattling three of them off between rounds two and five. I just feel like that he's really ready to hit that ton um, and that they're going to bounce back from a loss against the Broncos with a really good win at Shark Park versus the Warriors. So, uh, one guy that I am considering um, the C on instead of um, if I end up owning Pappenhausen this week is uh, Heinz. And I, I really like him this week with the goal kicking for the Warriors, considering it's at Shark Park. So averaging 82 for the year, obviously, he does already have three tons out of his eight games, but on a bit of a, a streak the last three weeks and not hitting the 100 plus. So I like him to hit the 100 plus this week versus the Warriors. Yeah, I think he's definitely one of the probably top four options for sure. 
Um, yeah, it's, I liked a lot. I like a guy on the Sunday too. I love a last game or a second last game and not having my C done and kind of knowing where I'm at with my score and going, yeah, it's still pretty good. I've still got my captain to go. I like that. You know what it does too? It doesn't ruin your weekend early. You yeah, know, you, you, yeah. You're pretty happy about your captaincy choice until the final game. It's a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I do it. I don't like to be uh, gloomy too early in the weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, look, let's finish off on that one, Timmy. That's the last game of the round. Thanks for jumping on the 2021 defending champion. You've still got six months to say that, but I appreciate appreciate you jumping on the All-Stars podcast again. No worries. Uh, yeah, got six more months of saying that. After that, I'll be calling myself the back-to-back champion. <laughs> That's the way. <laughs> That's the spirit, Tim. If I can't get it, I'm behind you to win it, okay? If, I, if I'm out of the running, I'll support you. Uh, I think there's a lot of good eggs in the race this year. I think it's going to be very tough to, to, to do. <laughs> good old Scouts is coming, buddy, about 120 from the Experience podcast. And yeah, his team looks scary too. So, Yeah, they, some of the experienced boys are going real well. Well, you know, If you want to hear more of Tim, make sure you tune into the Supercoach Experience, but you can also hear him on the Supercoach Champions podcast as well. And the occasional countdown one too. For this podcast, you can download us on... Uh, SoundCloud, also Spotify, also iTunes, Amazon, and Audible, and wherever good podcasts are stocked. Jump on Top Sport, the sponsor of this podcast, and use the promo code SC All Stars, all one word, to make sure that you open an account and make them well aware that you're one of our listeners. And also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And this is a Super Coach podcast for this week. For those who don't know, at the end of the week, we'll have the Talking Footy podcast that will drop on Friday. And next Tuesday, we will record another TLT Super Coach podcast. But until we chat Friday about footy or until we chat next week about Super Coach, good luck with your Super Coach team this week. And also, good luck watching the footy. I hope you all enjoy it. We'll chat again real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid.